one. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Uncensored Critic Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. I really appreciate your time and for tuning in. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And today we have another great episode for you with another great guest. And it's a dear friend and former colleague of mine, Miss Seema Bowery, a talented actress from the East Midlands for, and I stress the East Midlands because that was her part at the National Theatre. Um, Seema is a actress who graduated from the University of Birmingham with a BA honours in theatre arts, drama and dance. She also trained in contemporary dance during her undergrad days. Uh, across screen, she has worked in short films such as All About Me and Find the Light, uh, the latter directed by Abdullah Khan, who's also been on the show. Uh, Doctors, The Bill, Emmerdale, and Little English, which is currently in cinemas and will be available on demand for your television sets at some point this year. And of course, on theatre, she has appeared in something called Vitamin D, which was nominated for London Pub Theatre's Standing Ovation Award, a play called Don't Look at My Sister and Arrange That Marriage in it, uh, Idol Pop, Croydon Avengers, and of course, My Country, a work in progress, originally on stage at the National Theatre, and then translated into a BBC Two show in 2017. It's something that we were both part of, both on stage and screen, and something we're going to talk about today. So, Seema, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Oliver? Yeah, great to see you again. How you been? Yeah, yeah, really good. Really good. It's busy. It's a busy time with our feature film, Little English at the moment, which... Mm. Um, I'm going to plug. It's uh, been playing across UK cinemas since the end of March. Um, mm. So I've been involved in lots of the Q&As um, after the show because um, the making of the show was, uh, of the film, sorry, was really special in that mm. it was very low budget. Um, and now it's been launched across the UK doing a cinema tour. So, mm. uh, and it's been particularly hard for the director and the producers to get this film out there because uh, both the leads in this film are brown and um, not to be controversial, but brown people. Um, we don't sell films, apparently, if you're leads, um, unless um, unless you're with um, a, a white actor, um, which is why Bend It Like Beckham work, works really well. It was it was such a hit film. But because we've got two brown leads in this film and there aren't that many white characters in this film, um, I think the 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 big bosses that sit at the gate of cinema and what can get out there weren't particularly keen. So actually it was social media pressure um, that forced the hand. And um, yeah, we've been on um, all over the place. Mm, great. Well, it's, I've seen the train and everything. I, admit, I haven't seen the film yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we were talk I'm sure we'll talk about that more a little bit later, but it's a really from the two minutes I've seen of it, it's like a really heartwarming, really lovely love letter to a blending of commun communities and how the two can work together in a, in a way. It's a really lovely Yeah, thing. it's about it's about it. a girl that comes from India and gets married here, which mm. I guess it, some people will go, oh, okay, it's that kind of story. But actually she's not, she doesn't, um, she fights back. She comes to a family and actually her husband runs off on the first night um, right. on their wedding night. So she's then left with his family who um, hide the fact that their son or rather my son has run away mm -hmm. I try and get her to do all the house chores while I go to work. And um, basically she fights back. I've taken her passport. I don't want her to tell anyone. Um, yeah. And she goes out and tries to find her husband. And in that process, finds love with my other son uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and um, there's a whole backstory to this film so that's the kind of rom rom-com it's a comedy but then um, some of the side stories are um, they pull at the heartstring in quite a serious way um, yeah. my younger son's been to jail um, I also do have a husband and there is a whole backstory to what's happening to him yeah. um, which does leave people getting quite emotional. So yeah, it's it's warming and it's also um, quite emotional for some people to watch. So yeah. all good, really good. Yeah. No, it has a lot of promise. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be good. So we'll, we'll get onto that a bit later, but uh, you mentioned that word there, backstory, and something we were talking about just before we came on. So um, just before I give you the starter question, let's just recount um, what you were saying just, just before uh, about, you know, you, you said you had a bit of a break for about six or seven years before you got the job at the national where, where I met you. And, um, 
you said every part comes with a backstory. So would you mind just repeating the conversation we had off camera? Of course, yeah. No, I was saying that I guess um, in out there in the world, we know, we see an actor and we go, God, they're in a job and they're doing a job. But behind yeah. that is your own story as 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 as, as me, Seema. So, you know, I, like I said, had taken a break from acting because I had my first son. Um, this was very soon after I was in the bill for three years. So my son Dylan was born. And then 16 months later, my son Rishi was born. And um, unfortunately, I don't think I was listening in sex education. I don't, I didn't realize that both the second one could come so quickly after the first one. Right. And suddenly I found um, that there was no way I could juggle acting with two children at home. Right. Um, because the thing is when you first become a mum, you're so flabbergasted and sl- at, at the kind of process of this newborn, uh, and what you've got to do and how much of it is instinct, but also things that you should know. Mm. Um, you know, they don't come with a manual. Um, so suddenly you're, you know, and you're, you know, you're, you're sleep deprived. That's the biggest killer of being a mum. Mm. Um, they've got their own hours. They've got their own schedule. And then in the midst of that, I had Rishi. And then I literally thought, I, there's no way I can go to auditions and prep. Um, and really dedicate myself to being an actor, as you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just about getting the job, it's also about keeping your skills sharpened and mm-hmm. alive. And there wasn't all of that got thrown out and put in a suitcase somewhere. And I had these two boys. So, and then I was saying to you that when they were two and three, my husband Vinny got uh, an amazing opportunity to go out to the Middle East because um, he's a pharmacist but also he's an IT mm-hmm. so we decided to pack not only our bags but our whole house and move out there yeah um, and he was out there on a five-year contract um, I had bought this idea of just having a completely different life for a while uh, while I bring up the kids um, but then a year into being out there we Uh, maybe a little bit longer my youngest got diagnosed with autism and he wasn't talking so the the right thing to do because there's no as much as there's a lot of money out there and it's all it all comes from oil um there's no there's no intervention out there Mm. um nothing's free everything has to be paid for and actually the best um, intervention was back here in the uk Mm. so i then decided with my husband to bring the kids back move the kitchen sink back, get him the speech and language therapy that he needed. Um, He's also quite academic, so he needed to still go to school, which he did down the road from us, but he needed the intervention kind of on the side. So I've been out of the game for seven years, I think, nearly seven years. And one day the, the, the phone rang, it was my agent who said to me, Seem, it's Wendy, Wendy Spon at the National who cast you in the bill, she really wants to see you mm-hmm. because they're having problems casting the character East Midlands in this play called My Country. I didn't know much about it. I did get sent a, a bit of material to prep um, and um, I got sent a couple of the character voices because mm-hmm. obviously it was a, um, a verbatim show. Yep. Um, and I just got told to learn it. I didn't really think about it being the national. I didn't think about it being Rufus Norris. Um, I kind of, um, well, there was two things going on. On one hand, I, I thought, well, um, it's lovely to get back in, um, but, and some of that skill, I just had to kind of pick up from where I remembered, but mm. actually it comes back very quickly when you've worked quite mm. robustly and you've trained, yeah. um, and you've already worked professionally, even if it's a few years ago. Yeah. What I was actually more worried about was what am I going to talk about when he when we have a chat? Because what what was your last job, Seema? Well, it was seven years ago, and uh, actually, what have you been doing in the meantime? Um, well, I've been um, changing nappies and um, taking kids to school and building a network with other parents, and actually, I've not been in the acting game at all. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. actually, in the room, Rufus was gorgeous, yeah. um, really not judgmental, and I think. I was quite um, nervous about being judged because generally when you talk to people about being a mum, 
a lot of people um, in the business will switch off. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I find. I used to find talking about being a, a pet, talking about yourself as a parent and being an artist is never exciting. People just mm -hmm. want to know about the artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just because, you know, the impatient side of us doesn't want to know that it's hard. Um, that, you know, um, hard, that, you know, it's hard to prep and you've got, you know, children and their problems going on in the background. People don't really want to know because essentially we're expected to just get on with it. Mm. But he was great. Um, we talked a little about Rish um, and why I came back. In fact, I remember doing a lot of talking and he just listened. <laughs> and then literally the next day, I got a call saying they really want you to do it. Wow. Which is always a lovely feeling. But I'm going yeah. to be honest, I did completely at that point poo myself. <laughs> not because <laughs> not because I thought I couldn't do the job. And I've always wanted to work at the National I think all of us, it's like one of your top five things to do. Mm. I just didn't know who was going to look after my kids because they were quite young at that point. I think yeah. they were five and six. Mm. Um, so I was like, well, can't afford, I can't afford an au pair. My other half's got a full-time job. Yeah. Um, he'd literally just got back from Doha at that point. And he was like, well, I can't sit at home. Someone's got to pay the mortgage. So we then went down the route of having an au pair, nice. um, which was scary because I knew nothing about au pairs. But anyway, because I've got a really support supportive partner. And by the way, the other part of this backstory was I was booked to go to Florida once my country started touring with Vin's family. My father-in-law had paid for 20 people to fly to Florida have these two massive villas and have this amazing time so at the time I, I remember saying to him dad I'm really sorry but I've got a job <laughs> and none of them have got anything to do with the arts and theatre and he was like well can't you just do it later and I went no it really doesn't work like that yep. um, he was great he was like okay fine um you know we'll find someone else to replace you or I'll cancel your ticket but yeah anyway so when I stepped into the the national suddenly I just I actually, if I'm honest, as someone who's quite confident and outgoing, I remember that first week at the National, I was just terrified because mm. I just remember f feeling like such a fake. I just didn't feel like an actor at all. Um, and I think that's because, you know, I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to kind of sound like, yeah. um, you know, we're busy. Um, we've been mixing with all the right people. And, you know, yeah. you're you're nodding at me and smiling. Yeah. There is a, you know, actors have to have a sell in them. Yeah. To say that, yeah, you know, you might not be working, but you're very much in the game. And the truth was that I'd not been in the game. I had nothing to talk about. Um, so I was, um, but, you know, Everyone else in the cast, you know, were they were they were amazing. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'm also gonna let you in on a on a on, on a little story. So yeah. we started in Glasgow. Yeah. And that was that was the where our tour kicked off. So we'd done, we'd played at the national, um, we'd had an amazing reception, we kicked off on tour, and that day, um, my family were leaving to go to Florida. Mm. And I remember, I was very happy to pack my bags. I was like, God, I've never had time to myself. It'll be amazing on tour. But when they called me from the airport, I completely fell apart. Mm. So it was it was the first day in Glasgow. It was our first show. I remember turning up to the theatre. Yeah. And um, Penny and Laura were there in the dressing room. And my face looked like what it had been doing. And I'd been crying for about five hours. Oh. Because... I, I remember saying to my husband, it, it actually feels like you're taking the kids away and you're and you're flying off and I'm never going to see you again. Uh, and he was like, that's stupid. This this was your choice. And yes, it is weird. <laughs> yeah, we are coming back. But also he was like, I know it, it is a bit weird without you here because, you know, yeah. we're quite a close family and there's so many of us. But he was like, you know, you've got to remember that you wanted to do this. So I don't know why you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, Laura, I remember Laura and Penny saying to me, look, babe, you want to cry, you have a blooming good cry. And then, <laughs> yeah, they didn't judge me. 
We yeah. all got on really well. In fact, in some ways, it brought me closer to them. Yeah. Um, because, you know, um, Laura and Penny are both very established actresses. They've yeah. both done the national previous to my country. Mm. So, um, and then they didn't play any of that bravado. You know, they're very, you know, feet on the ground and just said to me, just, you know, you enjoy this for what it is and, you know, go for it. And I had an amazing time on that job for that very reason that, um, you know, nobody was poncy, no one was judgmental. Um, if I wanted to go off and have quiet time, that was fine. If I wanted to, you know, have a little ball in the corner, which never happened after that, actually. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I fully enjoyed the fact that I had my time on tour and my, you know, I didn't have to think about the kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the backstory. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, um, but since then I've done so many jobs and now when somebody does walk into the rehearsal room feeling a little bit like, well, I'm new, I'm always really careful that I bring them in because it's a horrible feeling whether mm. you've been, you know, whatever your life before you walked into that space, you know, you're a professional, you've got that job and you're entitled to be there. Mm. Um, and I'm always really careful to make sure I make people feel welcome. Um, yeah. Cause that's when, you know, you can work when you're feeling safe and, yeah. um, and wanted. Yeah, no, I I resonate completely. I remember the very first day we all gathered in rehearsal. We sat in that, we stood in a big circle in the rehearsal room and you got Rufus there. And of course, Caroline Duffy was was part of it as well. She co-wrote it. She was poet laureate at the time. I remember us all standing in this big circle and I thought, wait, hang on a second. Because I, I was there on a workplace with Immunity. First of all, I was thinking, how did this happen? And B, I was thinking, what, what? how how's how did I get here exactly what, what's going on and uh, I remember Rufus sort of standing at the front of the room going all right everyone thanks so much for coming this is my country work in progress I'm a bit nervous because I have no fucking idea what we're going to be doing yeah it's true <laughs> yeah. They, they they turned up rehearsal day one literally with a blank canvas and then I yeah. mean you'll remember through rehearsal Caroline wrote that show and Rufus was was also co-writing then they'd turn up and we try things and Things mm. would work, things they wouldn't, and then stitching it all together. Uh, I mean, it, you know, he, he, it was, I, I used to look at him as a director and think that's, you're in quite a scary pace at the moment because you've got no idea what kind of final shape this is going to take. We rehearsed so many songs that never got used. Yeah, I, re I remember. remember. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, the way all the verbatim was going to fit. And verbatim theatre is quite, I mean, it's quite, um, you have to be careful how you do it. Um, mm. You know, it had to still speak to the audience and feel alive rather than just kind of disappear into itself and just be a whole hash of voices talking yeah. about Brexit. Um, yeah. But no, we had a really good response from, from that. It wasn't everybody's kind of uh, flavour of what they wanted to go and see. Mm. Uh, but if you were quite political and, you know, it was all about the country's views at the time and its regional corners. Obviously, I was East Midlands. Um, and that was, um, if you were really interested in the politics of the country and um, you were open to theatre in its different forms, it was so a show for you. Yeah, it was. I remember I didn't know much about the show. All I knew was it was called My Country. And I was thinking, OK, what's that all about? And uh, yeah, and as you say there, so for anyone who, who didn't see the show or didn't see it on TV, it was the show called My Country, A Work in Progress. It was a verbatim piece all about the uh, country's reaction to the EU referendum result when we decided to, well, when the vote was to leave uh, the European Union. So as soon as that vote happened, Rufus sent out some scouts to every corner of the country and yeah. basically said, um, just tell us about your opinion. How did, if you want to tell us how you voted, Great. If you don't want to, it's fine. But people gave their information uh, to to the national saying, this is why I voted to remain. This is why I voted to leave. And essentially, uh, Seema, Laura, Penny, Cavan, Christian and Stuart. I think that's all the cast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all had a series of voices. And Seema was from the representing the East Midlands. And you, I remember you were given like little audio clips or tapes and stuff like that. And for anyone who doesn't know what verbatim theatre is, you're basically recreating a situation with the exact words which were used in that particular situation. So the script was essentially everyone's interview 
that they gave to the national. So everything you heard came from the mouth of another person. It wasn't us. It wasn't Rufus or Caroline Duffy editing it. It was exactly what was said. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it was it was really interesting because I remember thinking in rehearsal, saying, how is this going to be? It'd be really interesting to see how people react to this because the, the show was so full of differing opinions, you know, whether, whether to remain or voting to to leave. Um, so when you were sort of engaging with your characters from the East Midlands, because um, I think you've had, I think every character had um, a, arguments for both remain and to leave. When you, even when you were trying to get their voices, you know, what did you think of their opinions? Like, and what did you sort of get from them as a, as an actor? Um, well, I remember uh, playing two very controversial characters. One was uh, an Asian man called Narinda. Mm -hmm. um, who, um, if I remember correctly, um, wasn't for, um, you know, he'd voted leave. Mm -hmm. um, same as another character I played, whose name I can't remember. She was a white woman who was uh, very open and honest about the fact that, you know, I walk out in the street and actually I just see loads of brown voices. And I think, where are my community and where have they gone? Um, and I don't I don't want Lester to be like that. Um, and Narinda was someone who was saying, well, you know, uh, um, um, in fact, some of his verbatims coming back to me. Basically, his whole argument was around um, what's it? If I'm right. He was saying. You know, my I remember him saying things like, you know, there's my flag my black flag's flying there, and what are all the white people gonna think about it? You know, right. <laughs> it, at the time of rehearsal, the challenge was not only to learn their words word for word, but it was also to find their voices in your own voice. Because yeah. don't forget when you're playing nine or 10 different characters, um, you need your voice quality needs to change so the audience know you've swapped. Mm -hmm. Um, but as an actor, what was quite interesting is every time you change your voice to play Narinda or Linda or whoever else, um, you, you something happens to your body and the way you your body language changes when you're playing that voice. So yeah. you then start to develop several characterizations in the way you um, carry yourself and, you know, hold yourself, hold your body, the way you position your head, you know, the way you might shape your backbone and so within East Midlands who was the representative of East Midlands and playing all these voices you also then become all these mini little characters mm. um which is quite a lovely process to feel your body take on um so going back to your original question um, a lot of the views that were expressed were not a surprise to me in my own family half of my family had voted leave half had voted remain mm -hmm. um and you know all of that you know well we came here as immigrants and we've done well for ourselves but what's you know what are these immigrants are they here are they coming here to work hard how are they going to share the resources that are already so stretched mm. you know i can't get a uh, an appointment at my doctor's surgery and now all these other immigrants are coming in and that was weird <laughs> a weird conversation to have with those members of family because you'd say well you were an immigrant and the same questions at the time were being targeted to you. Mm -hmm. You're here, you're gonna, you're gonna take, you're gonna start sharing our resources, you're gonna take our jobs. Why are you coming here? And here you are now preventing other people for like, you know, coming in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose the whole room, what's weird is at the time, people just thought our country, my country, would be become flooded with lots of other immigrants. Mm. Um, and actually the sad factor now is that there's so many services that are now dying because yeah. you know people have left from feeling completely unwelcome here which is yeah. so sad yeah incredible um, you know the health service um obviously teachers we're in a scarcity now aren't we of 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 employees on the ground because yeah. so much of the workforce has has left and gone to either gone back home or gone to other countries where they feel more welcome yeah it's it was a very interesting process like yeah, because I was well one of my jobs was to sit up in the director's office and kind of sift through the audio tape so like you I was listening to these voices again and again and again and again 
thinking, okay, okay, that that bit sounds good. Oh, that that's really good. We've got to get that in somehow. And, oh yes, uh, I remember. Yeah, I think there was one rehearsal where I um, Rufus sent me away to actually find some news clips and stuff, and I think I showed them to you guys. I managed to connect up to the TV, and I showed you. And uh, sifting through all these all this stuff, and you know, found myself willingly listening to a certain Boris Johnson or Michael Gove or someone like that, and he, and they're making all these pledges, and I'm thinking it was so bizarre. Actually, the the best one was. I remember listening to David Cameron. Uh, he gave, this is an exact interview. It's still on YouTube if anyone wants to check it out. <laughs> uh, he said, essentially, what happens, whatever happens with the vote, whether we leave or whether we stay, I'm still going to be your prime minister. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it didn't work like that, did it? <laughs> no. no. Uh, <laughs> How weird. But um, but yeah, I remember showing you guys and just collectively, I think yourself and I remember seeing Laura at one point just go. Yeah, well, you see, the thing is, as a bunch of actors at the time, we were all Remainers. Yeah, yeah. But, and what was really hard, um, one thing we, we were told, I remember Rufa sitting us down and saying, do you know what, there were a lot of people that didn't get this job. And the reason is that I had... If I had an actor that came in and was very opinionated um, about why that it should be either leave or remain, he goes, that really put me off them. Mm. Because you have to be objective, despite whatever your own beliefs are. You're mm. going to play a series of voices. Your, your, your loyalty is to what they are saying. You are meant to just be mirroring um, all of these opinions. And yeah. your own should not be part of this process. So when you bring in those clips of like David Cameron um, and various politicians, as as people, we'd sometimes hang our head in shame at the whole, where are we going? But yeah. I think that contra controversy, and don't forget, every time we'd go do a show, um, well, not every time, there were several places, usually on the first night at a venue, where there'd be a Q&A. And oh my God, those Q and A's were long because it was almost like a question time. Yeah. You had opened up this whole forum where the audience are sat in front of you. They've just seen this piece and it would fire them up. You know, mm -hmm. um, I remember our time in Ireland and uh, Northern Ireland being very fiery, yeah. going to the bar afterwards and people would literally corner you um, almost like, well, what have you done? And, you know, um, what have you kind of done by putting this piece on? You've kind of, everyone's on fire and everyone now needs to argue and talk, mm. um, which is a great thing. But, you know, that when you ignite people like that and hear their political views, mm. um, it's an explosion rather than a kind of careful and considered conversation. Yeah, uh, there were there were lots of bombs that used to go off in those Q and A's afterwards with yeah. people saying, you know, well, do you agree or do you, you know, whose side are you on? And we'd have to reel them back and go, look, back to the show. No, it's just um, a show. <laughs> yeah, you know, these are the opinions. All right, good to hear where you sit, but you know, this is kind of collectively as a nation where we're at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was an amazing experience and. Yeah. Um, to work with Norris on something completely new, non-scripted, mm. that mm. evolved and then, you know, became a UK tour. Yeah. Because what I'm just curious to know, like when you went around the country, did you get anyone like, you know, the reactions you said in the bar afterwards, but did, did, did anything happen during a show? Did anyone, did you get any audience participation that was unexpected? Uh, yes. I remember being in Cardiff mm. and, um, I remember being heckled, um, some of the Asian characters I play being heckled. Right. Um, and they were obviously leavers because right. I got heckled in the, it wasn't nice. Uh, it wasn't overtly threatening, but every time right. the Asian characters would speak, I'd get, they'd start talking. Oh. Um, and I remember feeling completely safe and fine about it because I'm a big believer that, you know, I think that's why I'm an actor. I like to uh, inspire and, 
you know, I like to cajole our audiences into really thinking about, well, where do I sit with this? But yeah. I remember the cast being very protective in saying, Seema, you know, are you okay? They shouldn't have reacted like mm-hmm. that. And um, feeling really angry at the mm-hmm. fact that whilst we were performing, there was this tension, this kind of racist tension in the room. Mm. But I'd say that was the only place where I experienced that, um, mm. but always felt you know, protected because I was with such a good bunch of people. Yeah, I'm sorry you went through that because that's just, you know, talking during, during a performance, you mean? And then that's, that's Oliver, you know, <laughs> even, even during the whole vote, you know, I'd had some very weird reactions from, uh, people generally around me. I remember I'm not someone who's had really experienced racism in my life. Mm. Um, and I think that's because I was really fortunate that where I grew up in Nottingham, mm. um, it um, it was quite a white middle-class area where at the time people were being taught to respect difference rather than, um, you know, it, it wasn't a, it isn't, generally parents were educated enough to teach their children about you know, understanding others rather than creating separation. So I'd never really experienced racism That's good. growing up. Um, and then I went to Birmingham University and Birmingham's very Asian. So if anything, I was an, a, 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 an Indian girl trying to get away from the Indian crowds because I was like, oh my God, I'm not used to so many Asian people around me. So that was another weird experience. <laughs> um, but during the whole um, vote, or leave or remain I remember a, a cyclist going past me uh, and knocking the back of my head with a um oi you, you packy because suddenly all of that kind of tension of what are you doing here was allowed to play yeah. um and I remember shout hurling some abuse at him um and he I remember he cycled off there were lots of little things like that that happened mm. um there'd be call outs and little things like that and my which surprised my kids too because they've never you know London's so multicultural you're not really used to being called out for being different because we all respect that here yeah. um I remember I remember trying to explain to them well you know that there are obviously people that don't that that, that want you know who, who maybe don't want to see more um people of color um arrive in this country or they're not happy with that yeah, I remember those being quite tri- tricky conversations. But that at that yeah. the, the the time of the vote was the the, the one of the the only times in my in my life when I've felt racism in this country. I'd say. Yeah, well, they're just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> assholes. But what an interesting process also to witness. I just felt like, you know, it's like the spider webs came out of. of yeah. You know, of yeah, people's closets. It's like suddenly you saw the dirt, the dirt in their closet, and they yes. were they, they they were happy to show you a little bit of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I mean, going back to what you were saying about the experiences like in the bar afterwards and stuff. You know, I, I remember I was working in a pub around the corner at the time. I won't say the names of the people, <laughs> but uh, there were some conversations down there around the time of the vote where people were saying, oh, "We've got to leave because of this. We've got to leave because of that," and th- I hate to say it, but the bottom line of the whole argument really was was immigration, and uh, oh, yeah, and and that's why my character East Midlands in the show, um, I think they needed to really cast that right because immigration, yeah. the biggest, the place that had the biggest problem with immigration was the East Midlands and Leicester particularly right. because um, it's so um, it's so Asian. Leicester is very multicultural, predominantly Asian, mm-hmm. and immigration was the one issue that really divided people. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, <clears throat> a whole bunch of brown people saying it's wrong wrong for other people to come here, yeah, who've been immigrants themselves, you know. So <laughs> yeah. that was weird. You know, I mean my parents are immigrants. Um and even even in my family to a degree, there was like, well, who are we going to get coming in? Right. And, <laughs> yeah i mean i i remember just conversations going on about i had to shut a conversation down one time because there was a white person in front of some fellas from india trying to express his views and i think it, it was kind of someone who wasn't aware of what he was saying and i had to go over and just say look i've got nothing wrong with you having an opinion but turn the volume down 
and change the subject, please, because this is not the space for this sort of conversation. And they they did eventually just sort of move on. But I'm saying, come on, guys, <laughs> come on, it's not it's not appropriate right now. But no, but that's interesting. And um, just remind me of your characters again from my country. You know, you've spoke about one of them just now. Who were, who were the other ones that you played? Oh, I can't remember now, Oliver. It's oh. Years ago. <laughs> But uh, Narendra yeah. was the biggie. Um, he was yeah. like, I got to meet him actually after one of the shows. Did you? Yeah. And despite his opinions, I, he's the sweetest man. All right. Um, and he was so pleased that his opinions had been part of the show. Amazing. Uh, I mean, you know, some of what he said wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't all wrong. And he had this really lovely, grabbly, Oh, you know, oh, I remember having to fly really kind of low. Um, I remember him having that. But when I met him, he was, um, <clears throat> yeah, just really, you just wanted to hug him. Yeah, lovable. <laughs> that was lovely. That was lovely. Great. Um, yeah, I met a couple of the people who I played, which that was a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit tense, but they were lovely. And in fact, they were more nervous than me because they were like, oh, you're going to put a face to the name now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah I've, been, no. I've been playing you up and down the country <laughs> <laughs> well they knew that obviously before they committed but anyway yeah 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 <laughs> you mean them hello <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see them going wait were you taking the piss out of me like, no no <laughs> a lot of them are just well i just don't know how you changed all those voices you know yeah. and, and um you know i suppose a lot of them were just intrigued in the art of how you play that as an actor yeah fantastic so just going to um like the process of that show because I remember talking to yourselves in the cafe sort of on in um on breaks and lunchtime and stuff and um it was quite um I remember speaking to Christian about it and Laura and, and it seemed like a very obviously the show came together in the end and you know I remember seeing it and it, you know you guys did a fantastic job but like the journey to that seemed to be quite a long and arduous process I mean because it, it was devised it was built from scratch um, so how were those rehearsal days and how did you get through days where you were just trying things and you're thinking, oh God, nothing seems to be working. So how did you get through all that, the process of the show? What was it like? Do you know what? As an actor, I would just say it was a really fun time to play. Because okay. don't forget, you know, the final responsibility was Rufus's. It was his name on the programme, yeah. which said director. And obviously, um, um, Carol Duffy, you know, she yeah. was going to be, it was her name. I think I called her Caroline earlier. I think I just, that's just dawned on me that I called her <laughs> Caroline earlier. Yeah. You know, they were great. For us, we were just told to, they, they would come in with an idea and we were just told to play. And you mm. know, as an actor, what a fun thing that is to do. Yeah. You know, you're given certain characters. I mean, I remember when we were developing East Midlands and I think Rufus wanted... Um, East Midlands to be like this um, I remember him saying oh yeah you know she's got cleaners at home she's got children mm -hmm. and actually she's this kind of power woman who um, you know gets things done but like delegates she's like a mother businesswoman mm -hmm. and I was like I don't see East Midlands like that but I remember playing that character and kind of and then you know having a play around with that and also like I said you know we had a we had like a, a big dance in it and Rufus at one point wanted to make it a Bollywood number and I was like no don't go down that route just because you've got Asian voices on stage and now making that this Indian Bollywood Bangra production because sometimes that makes me cringe yeah. Uh, and thank God he came back from that. But again, we'd given it a little go and we'd played. So yeah, it was it, for us as actors, it was a playground. Um, and it was up to them to have the stresses of, oh my God, you know, <laughs> how are we going to make this a story and make it gel? Yeah. Um, I remember Rufus coming in with a few stress lines on his forehead in the mornings. <laughs> um, but no, for us, it was just completely fun. For, yeah. for me, I remember there were a lot of train journeys of just listening and remembering. And I, I, I remember learning all my characters um, traveling on tube. I mean, mm -hmm. in fact, as an actor, I do learn a lot of my lines when I'm traveling. I just mm -hmm. find the, the kind of motion of travel. Um, it doesn't matter the people are around me. And it's just me on my own. It really helps me um, yeah. remember, yeah. remember lines. Yeah, hugely. And in terms of like how you actually got 
the voices for it and how what's your process of learning is it all about the rhythm is it all about like do you prioritize rhythm pitch or the sound because all, all are important but well yeah I mean we were very lucky we had uh, some of the voice coach coaches at the national because I remember when I was playing Narendra I was kind of playing him very and they're like you're going to kill your voice you're going to damage your voice yeah. so technically we had backup okay um, but you I mean I guess even in the business of podcast you must listen back to your voice and go well I don't know that kind of rhythm and oh god yeah oh, I, you know we all Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah you slightly win wince at your set your yeah, voice yeah. but actually that's how you when you hear someone's voice on an interview particularly an interview you make your mind up about the kind of person that they are mm. through their kind of speech patterns where they speed up how they pause um you know you start to in your head imagine a certain personality mm. and I think when you're doing verbatim you're mirroring uh, the pauses or when they elongate words but within that you start to also give that 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 person a character that you're that you're slightly playing to mm. kind of divorce that them from you um but I think it starts up very technically where you're listening to the voice and you're trying to learn the script in their way in their manner of delivering it mm -hmm. and then once you your body takes that on and you start to learn it then your body starts to become it makes all these weird changes and you know you, you feel yourself going from one character to another Mm. at least I did because I'm I'm quite a physical actress so I really like to find shape the body shape of all my characters mm -hmm. um, as well as their voices um which is something I had to be very conscious of when we did Little English mm -hmm. because I I had to age up for that film um so yeah um but anyway yeah, yeah. good stuff so what would you say was, um, for anyone going into verbatim, what would you say was like a, a piece of advice that you'd wish you knew before you started the project? Or what was like the biggest thing that you took away from that experience? Oh, oh gosh. Didn't think you'd ask me that. <laughs> um, I think it's like anything, isn't it? It's just being open. Um, I mean, you know, verbatim theatre is... I guess it's different in the sense that you're 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 working, you're representing real people. Mm. I did a show years ago, ago called Come Out Eli. Um, and that was my first experience of verbatim. Um, I think I was so conscious, and even when I did my country, conscious that I was representing real people. Yeah. And there's a real joy and responsibility, actually um that you these aren't just a writer's words and you know they've kind of artistically um processed them and played with them in a certain way these are real people and they're real words yeah so I think it's just that joy of representing that on stage yeah no, uh, yeah that you have to enjoy and feel very loyal to even if you don't agree with the opinions that you're voicing mm -hmm. you, you're you are a mirror to someone's voice and you're amplifying that on stage yeah and just I, mean, I remember thinking about um like the long days that, that you guys did as well because like you were because I remember <laughs> we used to start because when I think this was during your on tour you stopped in Birmingham for for a week and while you were there you shot the BBC2 adaptation I remember sort of I was with you guys from say seven o'clock in the morning until like seven at night and then you guys would be would be whisked off to go do the show at the Birmingham New Theatre just up the road. So I mean, you guys, rap. Yeah. Rap, sorry. And it was like all day for you guys. How, how did you get through like those? I think Kristen said that you guys were doing like 14, 15 hour days at one. Yeah, we were. I think that if I'm honest, that part of the tour was really hard. Yeah. Um, but I kept, we had been told that that's the way it would be. Mm. Um, we, we just had to look after each other, I think. Mm. Um, but then, you know, as a jobbing actor, you also, I think there was also something about us that really thrived and enjoyed on the fact that we were working, um, doing something that we love. Yeah. Um, 
because you know it was very intense and we were we it all brought us closer together I think you know we were we enjoyed the fact that we were actors and privileged to be part of such an amazing project um and but also there was that kind of legal side of that we were all very conscious of that you know as actors we're all part of equity in the union and that you know um we are able to do our best work that we're getting regular breaks and yeah. and in some ways um the, the production was um quite sensitive to that but i think that's because rufus was directing mm. Mm. um i know that our stage managers back at theater were sometimes um quite wary of you know, of, of, you know, energy levels and were we going to be too tired to do the show that night? Mm. Um, but we always delivered. Um, so there were some anxieties around that process, but ultimately, yeah, we're all pretty hardcore and we just have to get on with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I really felt for you guys. I really did. I was thinking, God, how are they just done a day of filming and now they're going to go and do a, a show. And it was, yeah. I think if we had to learn brand new material for the film, I think it would have been painful. But yeah. the fact that we were already on the road with the verbatim, it was already learnt, and that was now being adapted to screen, it changed. Um, well, you were using the same material, but you were then having to apply a different skill set, i.e. screen. Mm. Um, and that isn't a bad jump to make if you've already, the material's already in your psyche. Yeah. You know, That's I think it made tight... Feeling tired was okay because we were yeah. already on top of the material. <clears throat> if you had to learn stuff in film, like yeah. you do in TV and film, where you're you're literally learning and then you're filming, I think that on top of doing theatre is incredibly hard. Yeah, that the worst side in you. Yeah, no, but you guys, you guys did a great job. You guys really held it down and showed him showed him how it's done. Um, so yeah, I'm just thinking about um, it's just just the reaction to it and and everything. It, it really was a really important show, I think, for, for, for well, for a matter of reasons, it, you know, the politics, the, the position of us, where we were at the time, uh, obviously our position on Brexit is still unclear all these years later. Um, but um, just a, one last thing on this uh, part of your CV, which is what, what would you say the whole experience, you know, from, from day one of rehearsal, like you leaving like your backstory and you know, you're stepping into the business again, uh, playing around in the rehearsal room, you know, going on tour with it, filming in the day and then and then performing at night, the whole experience of working on my country, a work in progress. Um, what did it, what, what do you think it gave you and what did it, and what did it take away and what did it leave behind? Oh gosh. Well, um, once an actor, always an actor. Mm. Um, it was very easy to step back into that role. I loved it. I loved feeling the freedom of being an artist again. Um, it gave me a break from motherhood, but also it made me value um, everyone at home. You know, my children at that point were learning to become more independent. Um, it was good for them to see mum work, um, yeah. you know, because sometimes mum just becomes mum at home. Um, and suddenly when you're, it's, it's very weird having kids, um, who most of the time, I mean, Mike, we don't really talk about me being an actor at home mm. because I'm quite grounded like that, Oliver. You know, I don't save lives. Um, we're storytellers, aren't we? We are. Um, and I don't really let my kids become too swept away by fame and oh, look at that person because we're all people, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but when your children suddenly see you on screen or stage, yeah. Um, it always slightly takes their breath away because I mean, you know, my lot are all science maths orientated. Mm. They don't really understand the creative process to put something on from page to screen or stage. So when they, that shebang opens, they're always a bit shocked. Yeah. Um, they're quite used to me being stupid and messing about, but um, you know, I, since <clears throat> I did my country, I've played, quite a few older characters. I'm quite good at playing the older women, like the old women. And um, there, th there's always an element of mom, you know, can't quite take you seriously because they can see me in that part. But yeah. equally they'll be like, but who was that woman that you were playing? And <laughs> how do you do that? How do you become someone else? So, and it's lovely to play to that kind of awe of, you know, um, yeah. 
so yeah, your question about my country, it, it definitely, um, it put me back in the driving seat as, as yeah. an actor again. And then after that, I, I didn't really stop. I carried on. Um, yeah. I thought, well, I can do the juggle. It works. Um, yeah. It was like a spark that reignited. Yeah, Weird. definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess the good thing about being a parent and being an actor is that, you know, it 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 makes that sitting by the phone to ring a lot easier i would say mm. because you know um as a parent you know your job is also always to balance the ship make sure everyone's got a bit of what they need and so that distraction is always really good i mm. think as an actor because yeah. otherwise that whole those you know those gaps between the jobs can drive you mad yeah um I think things do change. I'm also at the age now where I'm going up for less. There's not as much written for kind of actresses in their forties, um, you know, as an Asian woman, I'm finding there's less, there's less to play. Um, so I think those gaps probably become a trickier in that sense. Yeah. Which is why a lot of actors turn to writing and directing themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think um, I really appreciated the juggle and I liked it. So I've carried on. Yeah. Hugely. And I'm, I'm sure there's more parts out there than, than you think. I'm sure. <laughs> wow. We keep going, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. What's that? 10 minutes. Ten minutes. Okay, cool. Um, so let's, um, cool, so let's jump into little English then let's, let's jump into that. So tell us about little, Eng little English. It's a film that's out in cinemas. It'll be on demand at some point in the future. Yeah. T tell us about it. Well, I'm the only actor in that film that's had to age up. Um, mm. And again, there's less of a backstory and I'm gonna talk more about the fear of being mm -hmm. an actor actually. Mm -hmm. So um, I know Pravesh Kumar, the director very well. Um, mm -hmm. I did a show called Dishoom um, because he also runs a theater company called Rifco. Mm -hmm. And this is his first feature film. Um, as a director so it was low budget there was hardly any money money in it and he basically asked us individually as a cast if we'd do it um he'd done a stage play called there's something about sunita um a few years ago and that's the play that was then adapted for screen and became little english mm -hmm. so so i play the mother the um the matriarch Matriarch, yeah, not patriarch, matriarch of the matriarch, family. Yeah. Always get confused between those two. <laughs> and um, he just couldn't find anyone to play it. Now I'm, I you know I'm a character actress. I think that's my forte. Yeah. Um, I've talked a little bit about my process of kind of approaching characters quite physically. I like to get their shape. I like to establish the kind of rhythm that they speak in. Maybe that's why actors like me are also drawn to things like verbatim theatre because the attention to detail is in all of the patterns that various people use. Um, but we all do that as actors, don't we? We all observe mm. other people and we take on their mannerisms vocally yeah. and physically. Yeah, well, people so anyway, yeah. Um, so he came to me, um, I remember, and this is during COVID, this all happened during COVID. Yeah. Um, I did a Zoom audition and you know, as well as I do, that auditioning on Zoom is weird, but yeah. you know, you value it because you can carry on working. Um, and he'd say things like, don't move around so much, make her more stoic. And I'd go, oh, okay. Um, so I was kind of, you know, he got, he got me to do various different things. And I, in my head thought, she's a 60 year old woman, you know, yeah. I'm in my late forties. I said, there's no way. Um, but then the phone rang again and he said, we want you to come and do a screen test. Mm. And I remember that day meeting the lead actress who's Ramit Rowley and um, the other actor um, playing my son. And um, I just couldn't, Viraj, Viraj um, is the other, who plays my younger son. And Viraj was auditioning, Ramit had already been cast. And um, I thought, hold on a minute, they're perfect for those roles. They are exactly those parts. I'm nothing like uh, Guru Baksh, the mother. Yeah. She's a, you know, her story is that she, like I said, her daughter, and she, she's, she's forced her elder son to get married, have this wedding in India, um, you know, she comes over and, 
you know, before you know, Simmy comes over and um, then I lock her up in the house. Mm. I don't want people to know that my son's run away. I don't want her to tell anyone. I lock away her passport. I'm doing everything I can to try and find him. Um, my younger one's come back home too. He's been in prison for so long. So anyway, just in terms of the playing of this character, you know, she, a lot is said in her silences as well as what she says. She's got a yeah. real gravitas. She's almost like a little bit of an army general in that family. <laughs> um, but um, she has her moments of, of you know, erupting, but it's her presence in that film, I think, yeah. that was really important to get right. The yeah. kind of aura she creates in the family. Yeah. And I just couldn't, if I'm honest, I could not see me. I didn't see how I was going to get there. Mm. the day I had my screen test I walked away and I said to God I don't want this job I really mm. don't want it mm. because I don't know if I'll be able to find it yeah so I think it, that's when you're it's that fight or flight isn't it yeah. when you get handed a part which you go this is really exciting it's a lovely script but can I do it yeah, yeah. um and I'm a bit of a perfectionist in whatever I go in for Mm -hmm. And I put a lot of pressure on myself, like a lot of us do. Oh yeah. You know, if you if you if you tell yourself, I can't play that. I'm nothing like her. I'm not even. I'm not. You know. I'm never mind the right age. I don't even know if my character actress skills can even get me there. But then two weeks later, I I got the job, and I of course I accepted because I yeah. thought, well, I've got to. I'm going to kick myself if I don't take the challenge. Yeah. Go for um, it. And again, you know, I was with an amazing bunch of actors, you know, um, I've got Goldie Note, who plays my older daughter. Um, I, Ami Chana plays my son-in-law. Um, we've got an amazing cast of actors. Mm. Um, and, and obviously Pravesh I'd worked with before. And yeah, we all chucked ourselves in and, you know, I did a lot of prep. Mm. I, um, I even had a couple of one-to-one uh, -one classes with um, a screen director because mm. I just said to her, I want, and I didn't know her particularly well. And I said to her, I said, you know, I just need to get into a different headset because this is for screen. Yeah. Um, and I've only ever aged up for, for, for stage. Uh -huh. So I need to make sure that that presence on screen, all those nuances, I get them right. So I prepped probably started prepping about two months before in the middle of COVID, which was easy because mm -hmm. we were all sat at home. There was a lot of recording of myself and trying to work out what is it I do, um, where the character development was going. And that's a good thing about screen. I think, mm -hmm. you know, we've all got mobile phones that we record ourselves on. We're all used to doing self-tape. So that process of trying to play your character in a certain way and then playing it back and going, no, yeah. You know, speaking too quickly or you're just not still enough or what does that stillness look like and you know that that was the prep for me um, mm. and I I think from all the feedback I've had so far that it's paid off yeah absolutely it does you know even in I've only seen the trailer so far but you know you really do create a real aura of your character you know from that even for just like I said I haven't seen the whole thing yet but for that split second you know I could see everything you've done in just one look that you gave to the your other actor. Oh, Oliver, you make me feel so nervous. Yeah, no, I think- No, no, no. <laughs> <it's> a compliment. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I've done the job now. I don't know why. I, I, I find it quite hard. When I, so I'm going to go to, I'm at Pinewood Studios on Saturday. Nice. Um, doing the Q&A after the, the showing of the film there. Mm. And I always, um, dare I say, I always feel, very proud of myself um but also so privileged to be part of um that process because you mm. know I think for me as an actor why I do this is I love to collaborate yeah you know you, you're with a good bunch of actors a great creative team and it's you know you can't make anything a success by yourself it really is all those fingers that have gone in the pies that have made that pie that's right um mm. you know so but I always feel so proud when people go, did you play Gurbaksh? You look nothing like her. <laughs> or you sound nothing like her. And I, the there is a part compliment. of me that goes, oh, you know, there is something in me that can yeah. create something that's outside of myself. Yeah. Um, I think that's the greatest compliment you can give any actor. So sort of saying, wait, which, which, which one were you? <laughs> and you, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, we launched at the BFI, and I've got to tell you a little funny story. Um, mm. But, you know, I remember being there with Rami and Viraj, yeah. like I said, who are the leads, and Pravesh. And uh, we were at the red carpet launch, and I was there in this beautiful blue dress that's, like, strapless and had my hair done. And I wasn't getting any interviews. I just no. wasn't getting any press interviews because we were all on the red at the, the edge of the red carpet. Um, I did a couple of kind of ones that had lined up for me, um, but I wasn't getting anyone forthcoming. And I, it didn't bother me because I had a glass of champagne in my hand and essentially I was there to have a good time. Yeah. But it's only, we then had the film and I um, remember my family being there. I was really nervous about that. In fact, that's what I was thinking about for most of the night, that yeah. they were going to be watching me and I hadn't really told them much about it. I had 15 members of my family there, um, wow. the BFI that night. And uh, anyway, um, afterwards in the Q&A, um, uh, Pravesh made me stand up in front of my audience and say, and this is Seema Bowery. And a lot of those interviewers came up to me afterwards and just went, Oh my God, is that, is this, is this you? And I, and I, at that point realized that when you look at me, you, you have no idea who I am and or, or know that I'm even part of this. You, I think I look like a straggler on, um, as in, well, who's this person standing? I don't know. She's not even part of the film, I've seen her in anything. Um, I love that. You know, I love the fact right. that nobody really connects me to yeah. the film until they've seen it. And then they go, Oh my oh God. Oh yeah. Um, because, you know, even my voice had to change for that film. Um, mm. You know, we, we decided to make her quite, her register really low and just to yeah. give her that kind of heavy kind of, you know, I've got I've got this padded bra on slightly to give me a more padded chest because I just wanted a more filled upper body. Mm. I, I, I saw this woman as quite broad. Yeah. Um, I tried to make her as broad as I could and you know, kind of tried to give her wide hips a little bit, you know, but, you know, you know, you know, the active process, you see this body image in your head and you kind of want to transform your yourself into that. So yeah, that's kind of been the process really. Fantastic. Amazing. I can't wait to see it. Um, do, do you have time just for one final question? I've got literally a couple of minutes. Yes. Okay, cool. But uh, I'll get this in really quickly. Um, first of all, yeah. I love you. I can't wait to see this film and you know, your work on my country work in progress. And just from that trailer, I will get to see the film. You know, it shows the work that you do is amazing. It, it's the, I can tell just from that two minute clip that you've really got something really special with his character. And, you know, now I'm oh. not, I'm not, not saying that just because I know you and I've seen your work, but I'm looking at thinking, wow, that's, I, I really want to see you do this because not only is it, you know, if I may say like a challenge for yourself to play older, you know, but, you know, just to see your work there and everything you put into it, and like the process, like you just described it, you know, I can't wait to see it. And, you know, you do some amazing work, Seema. So, so yeah. Oh, Oliver, well, look, you know, I think, you know, as creatives, you know, as long as we keep supporting each other, you know, and we all go through our own process when we play certain characters. And yeah. it always, you know, when you hear that other actors are like mean or, you know, sometimes, as you know, the rehearsal process can be unkind because, yes. you know, energies don't <laughs> kind of gel and yeah. and it makes an actor's work, you know, really hard. And I think I've been so lucky generally in my career that I've never not got on with someone in mm. in any of the casts that I've been part of. Yeah, uh, that's good. That's know. lucky. And yeah, because I think otherwise that, that hinders you and it gets in the it way because you know how it is you become a tortoise you go yeah. into your shell for a little bit yeah while you kind of work out how you're what you're going to do and how you're going to play it yeah it's um, not fun but no yeah. no not yeah. at all so the fact you know I, thank you so much for oh know, no no and even going to see the film uh, yeah. and i really hope that i can support you too let me know what you're in a absolutely no you'll be the first to know you'll be the first to know. tell me absolutely i will do i will do we've got a mate abdullah khan you need to do hopefully we'll do some more stuff together with him that was oh good. okay yeah yeah yeah. i did um uh find the light yeah yes find the light where yeah, that was really good really good performance yeah yes. i mean that was really that was I mean, I could sit here and talk to you about that for hours. That that yeah. that was a weird one. In the, again, in the middle. Let's, let's do a part two. Let's do a part two talking about 
yeah, you should ask him because I I nearly didn't do that job and then two days before they rang my agent and went please can she do it because yeah um well COVID and rehearsal and how was that going to work and literally I went yep yeah, okay yeah happy yeah. Old. and he was great he's such a lovely lovely gentle soul yeah and he's a- um Abdullah he's lovely so yeah we should we should all do something together yeah um, amazing man I'm very yeah. talented man as well cool I just got one final question for you I know time is against us but uh, this is the final question for every guest which is what's been an experience or experiences you've had in your career up to this point that you're never ever going to forget Do you know what I'm going to say? I've had so many, but the, yeah. the the most recent one is what I'm doing at the moment. With little that's because I've, um, you know, we talk about this as the cast when we do Q&As, that this film is very special because we're all Punjabis mm-hmm. and we're all, we're all Brit Punjabis. So mm-hmm. when we all read the scripts and and were directed in it. We never really had to have any conversations about those nuances of why this family behaves the the way it does. Mm -hmm. Um, And why I'm never gonna forget this experience is is because um, it's been so intimate. Um, It's not something that's so massive that you don't feel like you're in control of. Like Lee, our cameraman, literally sat down with me on day one and went, this is what you look like in high def definition mm-hmm. um this is you know and he, i remember my bare face and actually i remember saying to him in pravesh that first day i don't need a lot of makeup um you know the 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 kind of age and experience of this character is going to come from how she carries herself not from physically aging her and putting lines and giving her a wig i said mm-hmm. it's not going to be that this is going to be really the, and they were in an agreement with me mm-hmm. um but again, I think why I'm going to remember it is because I'm playing something that's so far removed from myself. And also it's my first feature. It's my oh. first feature film. Amazing. So, and, you know, to be such a big part of it is such a privilege. Yeah. So, um, but I, I would also definitely say I never will forget my time at the National and I want to return there because yeah. it's a very special place. You know, um, you meet so many other actors who are doing other shows. Do you remember before every show, everybody would clap in the foyer in the middle? Do you, were you ever there? So backstage at the National, where all the dressing rooms are, there's I like this remember. outdoor foyer that runs in the middle of all the dressing rooms. Uh-huh. And when you were last night, all the actors from the other shows come out and they clap and hoot you. Really? And it's so supportive and it's so lovely. Wow. You kind of feel in that building that you're in, not, not just another actor, but you're a whole building of creatives. And that's, you feel like you're home. You feel like mm. you're on planet creatives where you <laughs> belong. You know, whereas out there, sometimes you can get a few odd looks. Oh, uh, yeah, several. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're learning your lines on the train and people's looking at you thinking, oh, we're yeah. looking to themselves. Oh, but yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. definitely, the National also, I'm looking to go back. I, I want to find yeah. a way back. Oh, you and me both. You and me both, yeah. But, uh, I'll see you there, Deb. Yes, Let's find we, it. Yeah, yeah, but this has been so much fun, Seema. Thank you for today. Thank you for your experiences, uh, sharing your experience, sorry. I can't wait to see a little English. And yeah, keep me, keep me posted. Yeah, let me know what you okay. think. You know, I mean, you know, even if you don't like it, it's fine. You know, we're all allowed oh, to not like it. I'm sure stuff. I will. I'm it. sure I will. It's all good. Anyway, cool. If you just hang on, I'll finish the recording. I'll say goodbye to you one-to-one. And uh, cool. Okay. So guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This has been the Uncensored Critic Podcast. And I'll be back very soon. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And once again, Ms. Seema Bowery, thank you. Thank you. Woohoo!